time for another episode of Survival Beyond the Bug Out Bag. I'm Bill Bateman, your host, and I'm part of the team here at Refuse to Be a Victim Personal Protection Training. We are located in Southern Oregon in the Medford White City area, and we'd love to meet you, have you come by for a class, come by for a day of shooting at the public range, or just come back next week for more information. And for this week, we are going a little bit different. Now, I actually had somebody ask me how I prepare for these classes. Apparently, they think I just sit here in my den and come up with stuff. Well, I wish it was that easy. I do a lot of research. I know that the internet is about one-tenth accurate and the rest is goofy stuff. But I look on the internet. I teach classes on this. As I mentioned, I did one for Southern Oregon University through the OLLI program for senior citizens. Uh, And that seemed to work out pretty well. I talk to people at the range. I discuss this with people in my classes. And I watch things in everyday life to find out what's going on. So that's kind of where this stuff comes from. And one of the things I've noticed in the past couple of months is that two terms are beginning to trend. Now what that means, if you're not an internet person, the more you look for something on the internet, the more likely that's going to be returned as an answer. So if I'm really interested in making the perfect meringue, the more people who look for that, the more it's going to pop up on our search engines. Okay, two things have come up. One are the six pillars of survival preparation the six pillars of preparation and the other is a SWOT analysis of your plans. Now this is not a SWAT analysis so that would be of course the police showing up and uh, things are going to get very serious very soon. This is an SWOT and that stands for strength, weakness, opportunities, and threats. This is often done in a business situation. I know I did one when I was uh, still working at SOU. We would conduct SWOT analysis of our program. And what are we doing right? What can be improved? What are some opportunities? And what could be some downright threats? This happens to be, uh, ladies and gents, perfect for your survival planning and your survival preparations. And we'll go through couple of examples. These are just things I'm looking at a SWOT analysis to uh, get an idea of. And I'm going to include some links to a couple of sites that show you how to do these. These are for business models. You're going to need to customize them for your preparedness plan. Now this is presuming you have one. And this is one of the things I have found a lot of people I talk to about prepping. Hey, you're that guy who does the prepping thing. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, they say, I've got a whole lot of tuna. Really? Yep, i got a lot of food. I've got a, got a case of tuna. Okay. What else have you got? Well, I, I got the tuna so far, and i got some baked beans. All right. Let's look at what strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats really mean. Let's look at the first pillar, food. Talking about tuna. How much food do you have? Is it a balanced diet? Can you live on baked beans and tuna? Can other people live with you if you're on a diet of baked beans and tuna? How is it stored? Is it 
safe from rats, bugs, critters, toxic fumes. I just had an interesting thing happen this very weekend. The reason this podcast is a little late is water began to drip from the cupboard over the refrigerator. And I thought, oh my gosh, the ice maker's leaking. Gah! So we opened the cupboard. We had four gallons of water up there, a part of our survival uh, contingency of maintaining extra water. That's a good plan. But I have found that a particular brand of water bottle at a certain point just goes, eh, I'm out, I'm done. And we had roughly, of the four gallons of water, two of it had leaked out into the cupboard and was dripping down onto the refrigerator. As they say in the theater, hilarity ensues with us trying to keep uh, from rotting out the cupboard, building up a mold growth, all the fun things you do when you've got water leakage. So we found we had a strength of having four extra gallons of water squirreled away, and we had a weakness. And the containers the water comes in are basically useless because they're going to leak. So that's an example of a real-life call to assessment. Let's back it up so you don't lose that four gallons of water. What are my strengths? I have a lot of extra water stored. What is the weakness? I am finding out the bottles aren't going to hold. They're going to leak. They're just going to... There was no damage. There was not one bottle on top of the other causing pressure. These were just four bottles side by side. They quit, they took the day off, and I lost the water. So that's a weakness. Now I know if I'm going to save up water, I'm going to get more of those heavy plastic, uh, food-grade plastic water cans and pour my water in there. Let's look at some of the strengths you may have. You've stocked up on ammunition. You've stocked up on food. You are building a skilled and knowledgeable group. And this is something I see that doesn't happen often enough. That can actually be moved into a weakness. Because if you've got six people in your group and two of them can shoot, then you only have two people who can defend. You have four non-shooters. Think of that. Let's look at cross training. That's a weakness. You could have every you can have all kinds of firepower. You can have all kinds of medical supplies, but if only one person's qualified to deal with the medical end of it or the firefight end of it or the surveillance or the uh, the cooking end of it, you're in trouble. That strength having a lot of supplies can become a weakness because if it's all in one spot and burns up, now you're down to nothing. And if only one person, and this is a classic, classic question. I, I see first aid kits come with some really advanced stuff. My favorite one I use is the needle for the case of uh, a lung deflation and how you have to deal with uh, a chest wound and you have the Israeli bandage and you have to put the needle into the lung. It's a very advanced procedure. I do not recommend ever, ever, ever trying anything like that unless it's life or death and that is a call only you can make. If you have one person who knows how to do that and that person gets hurt or gets taken out or leaves the group, you now have lost your medical team. You may have six people, you may have 60 pounds of medical supplies, but if nobody knows how to use it, that strength can become a weakness. So I'm going to include a template where you can write up these things and probably the most important thing I'm going to tell you today is this has to be in-depth, it has to be brutally 
honest. And it has to be the entire group, the entire team. Now by that I mean for a long time it was just me. Okay, I'm on my own. I'm now married. My wife and I go through these decisions together. I get the benefit of another perspective. That's a good idea, but what happens if? Ooh, I didn't think about that. Don't get so hooked on a position. Don't get so involved on, yes, we got to do this, that you make bad choices. It's okay to listen to somebody else. In fact, you need to listen to somebody else. Looking at planning, if it's you and your significant other, okay. Is there anybody else who could grow into the group? You may have enough food for you and your spouse, but what happens if you start inheriting people? What happens if the single mother up front doesn't have anything and comes knocking at your door with her two kids? What happens when Cousin Bob shows up out of the woodwork? I thought you were in California. Nope, coming up to surprise you and the road quit. What are you able to do? What is your plan? I'm not going to tell you what you're going to do. You and your family have to have, and I say brutally honest, serious, what's going to happen? What opportunities do you have to pick up additional supplies, additional storage spaces, additional information and additional members of your team. Building a team is incredibly difficult. People you trust. I know the politics of things have made it very difficult that some people are on one side or the other on the political fence and now, no, sorry, we're not going to help you. That's your choice, but you have to be aware. That can be a threat. That can be changes in the environment. That can be changes in the actual stress and situation. Looking at another COVID wave, looking at uh, a financial collapse, looking at all the things that can tear a group down, tear a group apart. Opportunities for training are really, really important. When you look at assessing your own abilities, and I've used this example before, if you find that blood really upsets you and you could not be the person applying gauze to a trauma wound, a puncture wound, something like that, you need to A, get some training in case you're the only one there to do it. You may have to just suck it up and do it or else, or else you're going to lose a team member or get some opportunities for training, get some familiarity, and there are many, many, many good programs out there. Uh, I took the Stop the Bleed class from the Ashland Fire Department uh, through the CERT program. Excellent, excellent class. Find out what's available. Look at your equipment. You have the opportunity now to look at what's in your first aid supplies. You have the opportunity now to practice with your communication equipment. You have the opportunity now to evaluate your security plans. What is your security situation? Not everybody lives out in the woods. I live in a uh, apartment in Talent. I mean, <laughs> I, where will people come breach the perimeter? How would they breach the perimeter? And is it possible to defend the perimeter? Because if you're sitting in your living room and that's the first time you notice somebody's banging on your door, somebody's in your yard, somebody's coming up your driveway, you have not done your security. 
you need to decide how you are going to become aware and stay aware of problems and, um, and threats and what you're going to do about it. So I'm going to include the template. Look at the strengths. You may find, as we've been discussing, some of those strengths can also be a weakness. We only have enough food for the two of us and enough water. You may think the ammunition you've got is just peachy keen until you happen to look closely at the box and find out you've got a micro pistol and this is all plus P stuff. That's a little hot for your gun and I would not use it in my home. You have the opportunity to get training. Look at what doesn't work now. The weaknesses now are a gift to you. Like we discovered the water bottles fell apart. I discovered a flashlight that I'd used for some time simply gave up the ghost. I discovered some batteries I was using were, were, were garbage and they were corroding and they were failing quickly. I now have time to go out and get rid of that stuff to make sure that the equipment I have is working properly. And in preparing for these things and preparing for these classes and doing these sort of analysis projects, I find especially when I'm working with my wife, my partner, different perspectives, different ideas and things neither one of us have thought of. What about going over here? moving to different directions we hadn't thought of. This becomes, and I will tell you straight up, when I do this in business, it's a full day activity. I would dedicate, and at our house Sunday is just a beautiful day. It's a day when we've got all the other goofiness put aside and Sunday is a perfect time for us. Have a nice breakfast and sit down and go through this. You're going to have to go through it a couple times it's not something you do once and walk away from because situations are going to change. I got some ammo off the internet during the quote quote shortage and I found out that uh, it was not good. It was kind of corroded. It was looking bad. They wouldn't take it back. I had to dump it in the, uh, the junk bin at the shooting range. That's something I wanted to know now <laughs> instead of when it's push coming to shove. One other thing that I've seen, and this is personal experience at the range, a group of people and they're shooting and person A gets up and they've got perhaps a rifle, so they go bang, 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 they shoot at the target, yay, great, good job, Bob, and they hand the firearm to someone else who will then reload it and check it and hand it back and this person will shoot again. That person in a emergency situation is not useful. Everyone using a firearm should be fully trained. You should know how to load it. You should know how to clear it. You should know how to deal with a you should know how to deal with a, a jam, something that needs to be cleared. You should know the safe handling of firearms like it should be tattooed on your forehead if in magic marker until you get it. Always, always, always. Uh, the things we talk about in the basic class, the things we talk about in any class, you should make that a part of your daily shooting regimen. And the other thing I noticed in this group is that some people were shooting 40s, some people were shooting 45s, some people had 9s, and some had 22s. I prefer to train with the firearm I'm going to use. I prefer 
that everybody in the group used the same caliber because when you run out of 45s, and if you're not used to the 9mm, yes, you can be effective, but you cannot be as effective if you train with what you know and with what you have. Uh, it's interesting, Phil and I talked about this back when I met him years ago. I was a 45 guy. I loved my 45. He talked me into a 9mm. He said, look, 9mm is available all over the world. It's the most common caliber, and when there's a shortage, it's going to be not easy, but the easiest of the limited ammunitions to get because it is so popular. He was right on all three counts. During the last quote-quote shortage, we found that, yeah, everything was hard to find, and a lot of it was overpriced, but you could get 9mm. Okay, we're a 9mm family. I have a 9, my wife has a 9, we both use each other's firearms, we both can clean, field strip, clear a jam, all the things you need to have to effectively and safely use a firearm. Consider that for your group. And consider as you're building your group, and that's a strength and a weakness and an opportunity. Do you want more people in your group, either by choice or how are you going to do it if your group happens to grow? If a relative or someone shows up, if you have children in your group, or senior citizens, if grandma or grandpa lives with you, what are you doing planning-wise, and are you including the entire family? And yes, I mean the kids. I mean the little kids, the teenagers. We've talked about this in previous podcasts. We've talked about bug-out bags and survival packs for everybody on the team. And by gosh, I even mean you can get those little things you put on your dog so Fido can carry uh, his own food or his own worm medicine or some uh, flea collars or whatever it is you got to have for the dog. These are all opportunities for you to deal with problems in advance. A good time to deal with uh, the opportunities you're going to come along is the end of season sales. I know this is expensive. People say, good Lord, Bill, buy this, buy that. Are you insane? I'm, I'm working on getting uh, sandwich meat for next week. Yes, I know it's expensive. That's why research is always important. And that's why at the end of the season, maybe you don't have anything to do gardening. We garden. I put that as a strength. We're not really good at it, but we're getting better each season. And finding out we're going to need fertilizer, shovels, hose, seeds. Got any seeds? Never thought of that before. Having the things you need to garden is a way food is going to last longer. Your emergency food, the stuff in the dehydrated stuff you have in the bags, great stuff, but that should be the last thing you eat. You should be uh, growing, you should be canning. If you go to a yard sale and you see a dozen uh, mason jars for canning on sale, pick them up. Ten cents a piece? Yeah, I'll take the whole box. Thanks. You have the opportunities now to look at these problems. A couple things I got uh, in email. Somebody pointed out, hey smart guy, you're talking about propane last week and how great it is for heating. You know propane freezes, right? 
And yes, it does. I have many times while camping had the propane bottles in the sleeping bag, the little, I guess they're a gallon size, the small ones, in the sleeping bag with me so that the next morning when I wake up, I can start the fire and get the coffee going. With heat, then things are going to flow a little bit easier. Very, very important. Another person uh, pointed out a tip about cookware. Uh, this is something I have experienced, and I'm sure many of you have experienced. Uh, some of the aluminum pans you get are not going to deal with fire that well. So if you're at that yard sale picking up mason jars, you might also want to look for some cast iron stuff. Yes, it's heavy. O-M-G. That stuff really has the weight. More important than cookware, or sturdy pans, shall we say, is metal utensils. I cannot count the number of times, and this usually happens when I'm camping, I've got a nice plastic spatula, and I've got it in my skillet, and I'm jabbing at things, and I get distracted, and I come back, and the spatula has melted into the fire and become part of what I was going to eat for dinner. No. Metal spoons, aluminum spoons, uh, lots of different things you can put. Look at building up your inventory. Okay. I'm going to include the links to a couple of SWOT analysis. If I can find a couple of YouTube videos, I may or may not include those because I think they're uh, useful. I'm going to try and include some templates for SWOT analysis. If I can find a good YouTube video, I'll be happy to share it with you. And I do want to remind you what else. Oh, yes, the classes. On uh, November 12th, we have a concealed carry and then again on December the 10th and if you want to play along with the home game uh, when's it going to be in January? January 14th. It is on uh, a second Saturday of each month and as I mentioned previously and I'll be mentioning again tis the gift certificate season. Looking at training, looking at safe firearm handling, looking at proficiency with your firearm, you cannot do better than to train regularly. And by golly, I, I happen to think we got the best program in the area. So go to the website, find out when those classes are, give the gift of security and safety with a gift certificate for any of the classes that we teach. The basic pistol has really taken off in addition to the concealed carry. If you're a new shooter, if you're a new, if you've got just got the thing in the box and you're looking at it going, mm-hmm, give us a call. We're going to help you make friends with your firearm. Okay, that's all we've got for this week. I would like to invite you uh, to tune in again next week. I'd like to invite you to share this podcast with your friends and family. Uh, it's all about helping each other out. Be safe. See you next week, either at the range or right back here at the same time, more or less, and same station. Be safe out there. Mm-hmm.